All right. Praise the Lord. We thank God for his goodness and his mercy. I am telling you, God is absolutely good. He is just good to the very, very last drop. I thank God because he knows what he's doing. He has always known what he's doing and he keeps doing great things for us. We are here on another uh, Sunday morning and not just any Sunday morning, but brothers and sisters, this um, we are finally at the conclusion of a, a journey that we started out um, so long ago. Uh, God's given us wonderful lessons in the book of Psalms chapter 27, and it has been an amazing ride. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm telling you, I'm extremely excited about that for us to finally be at this point. And I pray that through this, that you're going to walk away with some blessing and with some encouragement and something that's going to spur you on. It has just been a wonderful ride. I cannot thank God enough. Um, you know, I'm talking with the Lord and I know that we'll be moving into another subject um, pretty soon, but I am so thankful that we've been able to make it finally here. The book of Psalms um, for your reading, chapter 27, starts out um, as this, a Psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock, and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. 
Wait, I say, on the Lord. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading and the hearing and the doing of his word. Our brothers and sisters, I don't know how you feel about it, but I am glad this morning. I am blessed this morning. I'm telling you reading that the entirety of the scripture, and I said this once before, the reason why I read all of it is because as we go through <clears throat> the text, the more and the more we go when we read the scripture set all over again, having previously traversed some of the scriptures in study, these verses should take on a more in-depth meaning for you because now you know more about them. Now I know more about them. So when I read it the second time and the third time and the fourth time and I go over it, as I go with them, I'm armed with that much more knowledge about the word of God and what God in particular was doing in our scripture sets. It's set. And in our um, instance, this is Psalms 27. And now that we finally gotten to the end of this thing, and we're in the last couple verses of that, 13 and 14, this is the culmination, brothers and sisters, of everything that we have talked about. We finally get to this part. We finally get to the very end. David started out with the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David started out with these declarations of, of, of that basically told us that guess what? I, as long as I got God, I don't have anybody to be afraid of. I don't have anything to, 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 uh, to, to, um, to, to cause me to flee in terror. I don't have any of that. The Lord is my light and he's my salvation. He's everything that I need. And then David moved on further and he talked about how the enemy, would encamp against. And he said, even in spite of the enemy with his intentions to encamp against me and to, and to surround me and, and, and all of these different things, he would declare, he went on to declare that I won't fear. No, 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 no. It can look bleak. It might seem bleak. It might even feel bleak. But David made it very plain, brothers and sisters, very plain. He said, my heart shall not fear. Yeah, I got all the reasons. And yes, you may have a lot of reasons. There may be things that look like they're going to fall apart or that it's going to, it's going to shake out rather um, to your detriment and not to your benefit. It could seem like that. But you got to know that when you have the Lord Jesus Christ on your side, you got to remember, beloved, that you got it all. You have the God of heaven and earth who is beside you. And David knew this. And he, so he declared, amen. And that was verse number three in Psalms 27, that my heart shall not fear. He even went so far as to tell us that with, if war should rise against me, I mean, conflict breaking out on every hand. No, 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 no. He said, I, I am going to be confident. I'm going to absolutely be confident. And what was he going to be confident in? Well, didn't he tell us in the very next verse? He told us one thing, have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David 
let us know that in the middle of all of this, how do I have the how do I have the strength to go on? How do I have the energy that I need to persevere? How do you and I get it? Because like David, we get surrounded sometimes. Like David, the enemy takes up a and op, takes up uh, the corner opposite of us. And he's attacking us and wants to attack us on every side. And sometimes it does feel like things are not going to work and that things are falling apart and that they aren't going to work out in any type of way, in any kind of manner. Yet David was able to say, my heart shall not fear. <clears throat> David was able to say that in this, I will be confident. What was it that he could be so confident in? Why could he be so confident? Didn't we learn in lessons past? He said, one thing have I desire because David got everything else out of the picture. God, David singled out any and everything else. He filed away all the other stuff. He pushed aside all of the other distractions. He got rid of any and everything else and said, one thing have I desired. And brothers and sisters, you got to get to that. I have to get to that point at times where I've got to put everything else aside, everything else away, and I got to get back to what really matters. One thing have I desired. Glory to God. That will I seek after. What are you chasing, brothers and sisters? What is it that you're going after? I submit to you today that as long as your attention is divided among so many different things, and I get it, it's a lot of stuff out there to get us distracted. That's no secret. And we don't need to pretend that that's not a thing. It is a thing. There are any number of things to get a sidetrack. There's a number of life's rabbit trails to go on. And we can choose to focus on any one of those things. And, and, and I will even go as far as, as, as admitting that many of these things definitely that require some attention. But I don't know how you feel about it. And I don't know what you even think about it. But what I do know is, is, is that at some point, I got to make sure that in my mind, I prioritize he who is most important. See, life going to keep going. These things that, listen, the, the stuff, it's going to keep going. Issues going to come up. Situations are going to arise. Circumstances are going to present themselves. There will be challenges. There will be obstacles. There will be good days. There will be bad days. There will be all of these different things. But in the middle of all of that, brothers and sisters, you got to have your desire right. It's got to be single file. You got to have your eyes on that star post in heaven. As they say, you got to have your eyes on Jesus. You got to have your mind on the Lord. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. What are you pursuing? How long are you going to pursue any and everything else? Is the marriage giving you problems? Is the family giving you problems? Are the jobs giving you problems? And, and, and maybe they're legitimate. But if you want victory in all of these different areas, regardless of the area, you're going to have to start pursuing God. You're going to have to make him your focus. Jesus is going to have to be the reason for the season in your life. 
See, there's something about when you prioritize the Lord over everybody else and over everything else. He has this way. He's got a knack for just straightening out everything else. I love Jesus, and I hope you love him too. David said, one thing have I desired. And then he went on to talk about how the Lord would hide him in, a, in the pavilion when he needed shelter and, and how that he wouldn't be discouraged because his head was lifted up above his enemies. And it wasn't because he lifted up in pride and arrogance. No, but it was because the Lord had lifted him up. How did the Lord lift him up? Because the Lord had set him upon a rock. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And we learned about all of these different things. And don't you remember verse number eight <laughs> when he said, when thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. See, David, David, David had a lot of trial and error. He had a lot of issues that he had to go through, a lot of circumstances. You can read the scripture and you'll find out about the life of David very easily. And you'll see that his life was full of ups and downs. It was full of successes and failures. Great victories, but yet devastating losses as well. And so too is the portrait of life for each and every one of us. There will be great successes, but there will also be devastating defeats. There will be wonderful highs, but there will also be undesirable lows. Going to be some bright times, but there are going to be some times of darkness too. Where you're going to want to run. Because you're going to look around and like David found himself from time to time, the enemy has encamped against me. I'm surrounded. But as long as you got Jesus, the world can surround you all they want. Devil can try to surround you all he want. But you and Jesus going to always be the majority. Don't ever forget that. It don't matter. Because the word of God still teaches us that if God be for us, who can be against us? See, when God get ready to do things, ain't nobody can stop what he going to do. And it doesn't matter how bleak and how devastating it looks, and it can happen like that. We live in some dark times. These are some perilous times, as the scripture tells us. But you know what? For as perilous as it is, I'm so glad that we ain't going through this alone. I'm glad that we got King Jesus. And I hope you got him this morning or this evening or this afternoon, wherever it is that you are in the world listening to this. I hope and pray that throughout all these lessons and all these things, that if you didn't have Jesus before the beginning of these lessons, that you got him by now. And if you don't have him by now, brothers and sisters, I want to invite you to look at Acts chapter 2, verses 38, give you all the details that you need, and just keep right on reading. Because you and I need Jesus. David, in verse number eight, was represented with a request of God. God said, seek my face. David responded, Lord, thy face will I seek. How are you responding to the commandments of God? The Bible is very plain with the instruction. Very straightforward with the instruction. It's not convoluted and it's not hidden in the dark. It's very plain. God has spoken very plain to us. 
And he tells you what he wants you to do as far as marriage, tells you what he wants you to do as far as family relationship, tells you what he wants you to do as far as parenting, tells you what he wants you to do as far as your relationship in the workplace, tells you all of these different things, but are you doing it? When the Lord said, seek my face, what was your response? What is your response? We said this from the very from the very beginning and often. The blessing is in the obedience. Some of you listening to this, you want God to do great things and you cannot figure out why the reverse seems to be happening. God won't bless mess. And some of you, the reason why is because you're engaged in secret sin. It is sin, but you've got it tucked in and hidden pretty well. But you don't realize that you error because you actually are not hidden that well. Because God sees all and knows all. You got to have an attitude like David had that says, Lord, Whatever your response, whatever your request is, I'm responding with Lord, yes. Glory to God, glory to God. And I want to ask somebody, are you saying yes to the Lord's will? Or are you still saying yes to your own? How long are you going to chase your own stuff? How long are you going to do your own thing and leave God's stuff undone? Do you not know that time is winding up? Do you not know that we are in the last days? Do you not know that Jesus is soon to return? How long are you going to stay in the starting block before you decide to do what the Lord said do? Psalms 27, 8, when thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee. Thy face will I see. You got to respond to the Lord from the heart. And so we learned about all of these wonderful things. Remember verse number 10? When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. That was a tough one. David said, when my mother and my father, when they forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And because in that we learned that for some of us, God can't do what he wants to do in us and through us because we got other people and other things in the way. And sometimes it is not until God allows everything else that has our attention to fail us that we are finally ready for God to intervene. Some of you waiting for God to intervene. But you're not at the end of your rope yet, meaning that you're not at the place where you're ready to do it God's way. You're still trying to hold on to the reins of solving your own problem. No, 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 no. Solving your own problem. No, you don't need to do that. You just need to be obedient to the solution that God has already given.
as laid in his word. See, if you'll do right, if you'll live right, if you'll walk right, if you will obey the commandments of God, if you'll do what the Bible says do, not what people are telling you to do, and not what you certainly come up with and what I come up with, no, none of that. But if we do what the word says do, you haven't seen results like the results you will see when you are obedient to the word of God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. If you think you're seeing something now, wait until you do it the way God tells you to do it. Then you're going to really see. Then I will really see. When father and mother forsake me, when they abandon me, when they leave me, when those that I trusted and those that had the closest relationship to me, when they turn and walk away when I really needed them, and now I find myself in need because I need somebody else, it's then sometimes that I'm finally able to look around and see that the Lord was standing there all alone. Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sometimes God got to let people, things, situations, circumstances, got to let it move right on out the way so that you can see where he is. See, you got life clutter in your view. You can't see God because you're too busy looking at everything else. You got to slow down and you got to look at God. Didn't David say, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. That I might dwell in the house of the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You got to unclutter the view. You got to get your mind single file. You got to go in one direction. You got to have one pursuit. I hope you hear what I'm telling you this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whenever you see it. I told you, I'm glad we, we'd have made it this far. We finally, after all this time, have gotten toward, gotten to the end of this thing. And glory to God, I'm telling you right now, we've got a God who is worthy of all the praise and all the glory. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Jesus is good. He's always been good. He's going to keep on being good. I don't deserve his goodness. You don't deserve his goodness. But aren't you glad you have it anyway? I'm glad he went to the cross. I, he, didn't, he didn't deserve to go to the cross. That should have been me. That should have been you. But I'm glad that while we were yet sinners, the word says he, Christ died for us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Where was God? God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. I told you it's not two different gods. It's one God. The one God took on humanity, went to a cross and paid for sins that he didn't commit. Why? So that you could get up, so that you and I could have a second chance. Oh, yeah, glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to bless God. Oh, my soul, I'm going to give God the best of my everything that I have. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We Look, it's been a long ride. It's been a long ride, and we got something to praise about. We got something to worship about. And I hope as you're listening to it, I hope the bug of praise get all over you right now to where you can't help yourself. I hope that you begin to see God in a way and in a light that all of your problems begin to disappear for 
for just a moment and you move into the sanctuary and you begin to have an audience with God and you begin to talk to God, you begin to worship God, you begin to say thank you even though you don't feel like it. You begin to say, Lord, I'll serve you even though it hurts sometimes. And watch what God does. Watch what God does. God, watch what God does. Watch what God does. That's the kind of God that we serve. When mother and father, when father and mother, when they forsake, connections close. Then the Lord will take me up. How many times have you gone through ups and downs? And it was not until you got to the end of the rope and you stop looking at the problem, at the situation, at the person, and you decided to be still as the Bible tells us and see the salvation of the Lord. And then you were able to see God standing there all the time. That's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. But then we finally get brothers and sisters. <laughs> Glory to God. I worship you, Jesus. But then we, we get to 13 and we get to 14. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. And he said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Glory to God. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. It's been a long ride, and we finally get here. You know, when the Lord gave this assignment, and we started out with this, these scriptures, 13 and 14, were the scriptures that I had originally thought to write a lesson, and it was just going to be a lesson on that. But the Lord said, no, I'll start at the beginning. He said, no, go back, go back, go back. I said, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll take you to the beginning. He said, no, start with the book itself. Start with Psalms and begin to explain, lay the foundation. And we did that. We did that. I said, okay, Lord, well, we've done that. And, and then as we went, God would pour more and he'd increase more. And we would start it all the while. I'm looking at, man, Lord, I see Psalms 13 and 14. Are we going to make it down that far? Lord, it's just good. But God kept walking us through and he kept mending broken hearts and he kept mending broken nets and he kept touching us in ways that that couldn't nobody do nothing for us before but he alone could do and as we went through the scripture and if you journeyed with us through all of this then you know that God has spoken to a lot of different situations a lot of different circumstances a lot of different needs through the beginning of all of this COVID was at its height and it's we still dealing with all that now we're dealing with all sorts of things that are going on. And yet, through it all, God continued to share his word and give us things that we could use. And now here we are at the culmination of this thing. And you're looking, and you're looking at... And you're looking at... All of the lessons you're looking at 
all of the truths coming and amounting to this moment, culminating with this right here. Everything that David talked about, everything that David went through, it was all about the declaration that you see in the last two verses of Psalms 27, 13 and 14. These last two verses of Psalms 27 would hold for us the point of it all. 13 said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, in the lessons or in the verses prior, David talked about a lot of different things. And if you go back and you look at it and you just kind of skim and scan through it, David talked about who shall I fear? David talked about who shall I be afraid of? David talked about the wicked. He talked about enemies. He talked about his foes. Amen. Amen. He talked about how hosts would encamp against him. All of these different things. Amen. He talked about enemies who were around him that had the intent of destroying him. Yes, God would lift his head above his enemies, but yet and still, that didn't change the fact that the enemies were around him. You hear what I'm saying? All of these different things. And David talked about how he would still offer sacrifices of joy. He talked about how he would cry with a loud voice. And in the midst of it all, all of these problems and all of these circumstances, in, all, in, in the middle of all of these things, David would find himself asking God, don't hide from me. Don't hide from me and don't put me away in anger. I know I'm not saying it right. I know I'm not approaching you right. I know I haven't handled it all right, but Lord, I need you. And that's really what David was saying. That's really what he was talking about. And that should, and that's, and, and that's the same for many of us. Amen. Amen. And then he even went so far as not only I got enemies and not only got foes and not only do I have the wicked and not only <clears throat> do I have hosts uh, in camp and all of these different things. But then David even turned it, he highlighted another problem, something even deeper. Because all those other things, those wicked and foes and but that's external. Those are the external pressures, external problems. But, but then when he moved on and he even began to talk about when father and mother and it's forsake me. And when he did that, he turned it on its head, so to speak, because now the problems were no longer external, but father and mother represent the close connections the ones that are near and dear your heart. 
at all of these areas and in all and in all of these areas, one can suffer shipwreck. We can find ourselves wounded and hurt for a myriad of different reasons, all behind being hurt in some way and in some fashion from one of these different areas. The wicked, foes, enemies, hosts, and can't, all of these different things. We can suffer hurt in all of those areas. And David found himself in the midst of all of that, interwoven within the scripture set of Psalms 27. Is the, is the declaration to keep my eyes on the Lord, to seek after him and only him, to praise and to worship in spite of. You go back and read it. It's all laced within there. To pursue God and be obedient to what the Lord told you to do on the strength of him telling you what to do. All of these things, in the middle of all of these pressures, in the midst of all of these circumstances, David had to find a way to move forward and not lose hope and not lose faith. To pursue God when what he probably really wanted to do was find a corner to just curl up in. David was human just like you and I are. And after a while, when you take so much of a beating in so many different areas, it can take the steam out of you. You don't want to go any further. You don't want to do anymore. You don't want to try anymore. But in Psalms 27, you are looking at a man who had every reason to give up and to fall apart and to leave it alone. Yet throughout Psalms 27, David is constantly finding and reminding himself of reasons to keep going. Amen. Amen. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, it won't be somebody to cheer you on. When you feel like giving up, you're not going to always have somebody physically in your corner to tell you, hey, sister, stay in the fight. Brother, hang in there. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You got to have the word hidden in your heart because there will be some days when there won't be anybody there to speak the word of encouragement or the words of faith to you. You've got to pull them up for yourself. You got to remember what God told you. You got to go back to the beginning. You got to go back to the start of it all. When you first put your hand in God's hand. When you didn't know what direction you was going in and you didn't even know how to turn from it all, you just turned to God with everything you had. You reached your hand toward him and he took your hand. 
and you began walking down this road with the Lord. But what you didn't count on was that there were going to be some days that even though you were walking with the Lord, you were not going to be exempt from the things of this world and the things of this life. You didn't count on many of those things, some of those things bringing discouragement to your life. And so when they did, you didn't know, necessarily know exactly how to handle it. But worse than that, you had a very human moment, like David at times, like myself at times and others, where you forget God is there. You remember Elijah? just after doing battle with the prophets of Baal and calling down fire. Not long after that, do you know what happened? Where did Elijah found himself? Hiding in a cave. Because after that great demonstration, Jezebel and it just, it, it wanted his head on a plat. She wanted him gone. Clearly, Elijah didn't count on that response. And when it became known, you know what he did? He went and hid. He had a human moment. He forgot that God was right there. Which God? The one and true God, the only God. The God that had just sent down fire out of faithfulness. out of faithfulness in answering Elijah's prayer. And so David had to, throughout the scripture, in Psalms 27, you seeing all of these terrible things yet interwoven within the structure of this psalm. are the words of a man who is remember and, and is remembering and has remembered the Lord God Almighty in the midst of turmoil. And I want to tell somebody that you got to remember God in the midst of turmoil. You got to remind yourself that you are not by yourself. No matter what the devil says. Look, the devil going to do what the devil does. Luke twenty two thirty one, 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as we. The enemy got ill intent concerning you. but you got to be reminded of who you serve because who you serve is greater than who's after you. Glory to God. I hope that's encouraging because that's what this is about. Encouraging you to get up and to keep going. To look at the song. 
and become spiritually aware of what is happening and what has happened in Psalms 27. Because in it, you are looking at a man who was inspired by God to persevere in the midst of turmoil and desperate situations. And last time I checked, we get in turmoil and desperate situations ourselves. The enemy is after us. And David felt the pressure of the enemy after him. Oh, he felt that. But he chose not to let that be the end of his story. He chose to not let that be the reason that he went silent on God. No, I'm not going to withhold praise and worship because my money is funny. I'm not going to withhold God's praise and worship because sickness has hit my body. I'm not going to withhold praise and worship because relationships didn't quite pan out the way I wanted them to. I'm not going silent on God. I'm not going back on God. I'm not turning away from God because in addition to the good, I had to deal with the bad. You got to deal with the bitter and the sweet. Not everything goes the way that you want and goes ideal. But you got to be of such stock that you say, for God, I'll live. And for God, I'll die. That means I'm going all the way to the wall, no matter what. I'm going to bless you, God. I'm going to worship you. Do you remember the three Hebrew boys getting ready to be tossed into a furnace that was heated up seven times hotter than it was supposed to be? Being prodded and commanded to worship and to bow down and to fall down and worship when they hear the music playing. Yet they stand in defiance of King Nebuchadnezzar. And before the king and anybody else that had audience, they had to let him know, we are not bowing down to you and anybody else. We're going to worship our God. They said, I want you to know that our God is able to deliver us. But if he don't deliver us, if he does not do what I wanted him to do, if the Lord doesn't do what I was praying for him to do, what I have been supplicating for him to do, what I've been fasting for him to do, what I've been interceding for him to do, if God should decide that he's going to do something different, never can never, I want you to know that my God is able. Glory to God. Do you feel that way? God is able. You got to be of such stock and of such caliber. 
that your friendship and your relationship with the Lord is not a fair weather one. One based on what he can do for you and whether he hook you up with this, that, and other. Lord, as long as you give me this, as long as you give me that, I'll serve you. How about you serve him because he saved your soul? How about you serve him because if he don't do anything else, he's already done enough. How about you serve him because he paid your bill? How about you serve him because he's worthy? How about you love him because he's worth it? Jesus is worth the effort. Family, friends, acquaintances, strangers, whoever. Jesus is worth the effort. He's worth all of the heartache. He's worth all of the pain. Anything that I got to go through through this life. No, I don't want to go through, through, the, through the worst stuff. I don't. And neither should you. That ain't normal. Nobody wakes up and says, oh, you know what? I want to be in pain today. I want to have the No, 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 no. That's ridiculous. But suffering is part of the Christian's journey. And how dare I run from it and hold out on God's worship and praise in protest of having to go through hardship. If my God provided for me yesterday, my God will forever be my provision for today. And if he is forever my provision for today, he'll take care of me on tomorrow. Should the Lord tarry and I have a tomorrow on this side. And that's the same for you. I'm just reminding you that God got you. David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God has always wanted us to be mindful of where we come from by way of remembering who he is and what he's done for us. Now, this is not for the purpose of guilt or shame or to hold our past over our head. God has no need to do that. You understand? He keeps good records. He already know what you did. He don't, he don't need to guilt you into serving. <laughs> he doesn't do all that. You, you got to willingly choose to serve him. But rather, it's to remind us of, wants us to be mindful of our past, where we come from, and what he's done for us. He wants us to be mindful of those things. Because he wants them to serve as reminders to us. for reasons to keep the faith, especially when you feel like turning your back on God and saying, you know what, it ain't worth it. These people are getting on my nerves. Those people have gotten on my nerves. This thing is all the way on my nerves. And I really feel like I wanna just quit right now. I'm really ready 
to just walk away. God says, no, I want you to take a look. I want you to go back down memory lane. And I want you to get firmly in your view, your journey, where you started out, where you come from. And I want you to remember when I stepped onto the scene, onto the stage of your life. I want you to look at how life was before that. And I want you to remember of how it all changed when I became a part of it. And I want you to remember all of the things that had it not been for the Lord God Almighty, you would not have made it. I want you to be reminded of all the days I put foot on your table and I stepped in and I made ways out of no ways and I opened doors that nobody could and I made, made molehills out of mountains and, and, I, and I have been there by your side. I want you to go back and I want you to remember all the days where you struggled seemingly to just breathe and keep your head above water. Do you remember when they were getting ready to shut off everything? Do you remember when you couldn't afford anything? Do you remember when you didn't have anything? I want you to remember the ram in the bush that I provided for you. I want you to remember the way out of no way. I want you to remember what I done for you. I want you to remember how I came through. I want you to remember how I stepped up on your behalf. I want you to remember how I fought for you. I want you to remember how I hung, bled, and died for you. And I want you to remember how I rose on the third day with all power of heaven and earth in my hand. And I did so for you. Because those need to be the reasons, those must become the reasons that you keep the faith. And if you'll remember those things during those times, they will be reasons that motivate you when you are feeling quite unmotivated. And it does happen. They become the reasons to keep believing in God, no matter the circumstance. You see, the Lord was always reminding his children. You, you search it in scripture. He was always reminding his children of who it was that always provided for them. That always provided deliverance when they needed correction when they needed it. Provisions when they needed it. That's the one God of heaven and earth. The same God, the same Jesus Christ that you and I serve. And if you don't serve him, you got an opportunity today to repent of your sins. To be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. to be in right relationship with God. David said, I had fainted unless I had believed. To see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That statement was David simply saying, 
that if you go back through Psalms 27 and you just pick out all of the scriptures, all the verses that dealt with the enemy and dealt with the problems, if you go back and pick those out, If you go back and pick just those out, then you will find that David had more than his fair share of reasons to give up, to lose hope, to allow discouragement to win. But when you get to verse 13, David was saying something. He was telling you that if it had not been, for choosing to believe, choosing to believe and not just believe anything, but believing to see God's best, hoping for God's best. There was more than enough to sideline David. But the reason why he was not sidelined and he could stay in the game, he could stay in the race, he could stay in the fight was because he was convinced that my God is good. That my God will provide. He chose to believe in the face of, of, of the odds, he chose to believe that God was not done yet. And I wonder if somebody listening to this knows that God is not done yet. I know it looks bleak. I know it seems lopsided, but God is not done yet. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. David said, I would have faded. I would have fallen apart. I would have left it all behind. I would have let it all go if it had not been for this one thing that I still believe that I'm going to see God's goodness, not when I get to the other side, not just when I make it to heaven, but my God is so good that he is going to show me his goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Did not David say, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Glory to God. Glory to God. And this was a statement of a brother that believed that I'm going to see the best that God has. And I want to tell you that in the face of the devil trying to tell you otherwise, the enemy trying to tell you otherwise, family and friends who don't understand what they're talking about, who are telling you otherwise, I want to tell you right now that in the name of Jesus Christ, that if you are obedient to the word of God, if you will obey the word of God, if you will walk in the word of God, you are going to see the goodness of God, not just when you make it to heaven, but you're going to see it here in the land of the living. I'm telling you that God is not done yet. I'm telling you that God is going to come through. I'm telling you that God is going to speak a word on your behalf, but you got to stand in it. You got to stay right there. You got to stay right there.
And I love the way he ended it. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You got to wait on him. You got to wait on him. And I'm telling you right now that Jesus is worth the wait. I know, I know, I know doctors might have given you a really bad diagnosis. It might be looking really bleak and the finance company has given you a very bad or bleak financial picture and the world in the state of turmoil, you're discouraged on every hand and, and you feel like it's not, I don't know where I'm at and what's going to happen with my family and I don't know how things are going to play out and, and I see wars and I'm seeing the rumors of war and I see what you said was going to happen in Matthew 24, Lord, but I got to tell you that my heart is a little disturbed right now and I got to tell you that in this time, these perilous times, you got to believe what the Lord has told us because he told us these things so that we would not be afraid. And when the enemy tries to convince you of otherwise, you got to stand in this thing. You got to stay on the wall. You got to declare like David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. I might be hard, but I'm telling you to wait on God. Wait on Jesus. He will come through. He will deliver. He will show up. He will open doors. He will make ways out of no way. Wait on him. 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 Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say. Glory to God. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word. It'll never pass. It will not. It will not. He said, Lord, I'll be with you always, even to the end of this age. David said, I had fainted unless I believe to see the goodness of the Lord while in the land of the living. You got to know that God got your back today, not just tomorrow. He got it today. Wait, I say, wait on the Lord. Wait on him, wait on him, wait on him. Don't run from the devil. He listen, the devil don't have more power to God. He's not somehow opposite, but equal to God. God is God all by himself. He don't have no pretenders, and he don't have, listen, no challengers. God is God. Wait, I say. Wait, I say. Wait, I say. Be of good courage. Don't run from the devil's lie. He's a liar. Nothing what he's saying is true. But every word that God has spoken is yea and amen. Every word is forever settled. Wait, I say, wait on the Lord. Wait on him. 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 Wait, wait, wait on him. Don't run. Don't run. Don't run. God has got you. He will answer you. I know the doctors have given you the worst news, but wait on him. Wait on him. Wait right there. I know you're getting bad news after bad news, but wait on him. Wait on him. 
because your redemption draws nigh. It draws nigh. Wait on the Lord. Believe that you're going to see the goodness of the Lord, not just tomorrow, but I'm going to see it today. I'm going to see it when I need it. Lord, I'm going to see the best that you got. I'm going to see it. And I'm going to see it. I'm not running from no devil in hell. I'm not running from nobody. I'm not going to fear what man can do because God is greater than man. God is greater than the angelic host. God is greater than any and everything. God is greater. God is greater. And in case you missed it, not only is he greater, but he loves you. Walk upright before the Lord. Honor him with obedience. Not just with praise and thanksgiving. Honor him with obedience. And you too will find that. No, you might not be able to completely avoid all problems in life. That's not going to happen. But in the midst of it, you're going to find yourself like David, finding your second wind and the ability to keep praising and keep worshiping and keep serving God in the midst of a world that seems to just be crumbling around you. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thy heart. You know what that means? It gives you the ability to wait. Give you longevity in this thing. Don't stop hoping and believing to see God's best. Because God's got this thing and he has you. Brothers and sisters, this has been Psalms chapter 27. May these lessons bless you and inspire you always to love God with everything, to give God everything, and to keep the faith in everything, not in yourself, but in him. God bless you. Until we meet again in the next lesson, whatever subject that may be. God bless you. Thank you for joining. Wow.